Hi, this is Roland Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. We're so glad that you chose to join us today. And once again, welcome. It's been a challenging week. We know that, we understand that, and we realize that. With the uh, storming of the Capitol uh, building uh, over the course of this week and the really uh, insurrection that it seems that was um, attempted uh, during our uh, nation's transition of power, we know that many people are concerned. Many people have been anxiety ridden and many people have uh, really had to battle fear and anger over the course of this week. But when we come into a time of worship, what we remember is that God is on his throne. And not only is he on his throne, but his eternal power, his sovereignty, and his purposes never change. And what we understand is that God and the gospel of Jesus Christ, which has the ability to change the hearts of men and women, not only throughout our nation, but throughout the world, is the answer that we forever will need. And so today we actually have the privilege of hearing from one of um, my personal mentors and somebody who's been a voice to the body of Christ at large, not only during the pandemic, for, but for the past several decades. His name is Pastor Jim LaFoon. And many of you over the course of the pandemic might be familiar with a prayer movement called Unite 714. He was one of the founders and also one of the voices speaking into that movement to unite the body of Christ worldwide, to cry out for mercy during our time of need and to ask for God's intervention on behalf of the people of the nations of the world. And so today he's going to be sharing a message from the scripture, but also using the gift of God to really speak a prophetic word to mobilize the people of God unto the eternal purposes of God. That despite what's going on around us, God does remain on his throne and he wants us to re-engage him in this year, 2021, in his eternal purposes. So if this is new for you, do realize that this is no different than what people in the Old and New Testament did. He's not speaking as if he's writing new scripture, but he is speaking a word of strengthening, encouragement, and comfort for the people of God from the scripture so that we could once again join Jesus in his eternal work. So would you today welcome with me Pastor Jim LaFoon, who's going to bring the word of God to us today. Father, I just so thank you for the privilege, God, of living today. And Lord, many feel are we coming to our doom. In reality, we're coming to our dawn. God, it's a dawning of a great harvest for the church in America and around the world. I thank you this has not taken you by surprise. What the enemy is meant for evil, you have meant for good, and you're moving, and we're thankful, Lord. Amen. Before I look at this message, I'll go back to December 31st, 2018. I was in my home church there in Brentwood, Tennessee. It was our New Year's service. I was sitting on the front row. And as I was sitting on the front row, the Holy Spirit gave me a series of impressions. I was just a few minutes away from speaking. And as I was waiting there in the front row, the Lord began to speak to me, and I saw New York City. I have no word for it. It was crushed. It was slammed. The financial markets were shaking. And the ripple effect went up the whole nation, California, went vertical, and the whole country began to slide off, it seemed to me, into the Atlantic Ocean on the East Coast in New York. I mean, I was shaking on the inside. 
I have a daughter and her husband in New York City. I have a son, his wife, and three grandchildren in Silicon Valley. And as I saw this, the country just erupt in panic. I heard people screaming um, in my mind, who will save us? What's going to happen? Is this a depression? Is this a recession? Whole country shaking. And I kept hearing the voice of the Lord saying, America is coming to a tipping point. America is coming to a tipping point. 17 months, 17 months. This was recorded that night on YouTube. I spoke at other places as well. As I watched, the hands of God came out in New York Harbor and caught the country. The next thing I knew, I was being introduced by the pastor of the church I attend, James Lowe. He said, we have one of our elders, our board members coming to speak tonight. And quite honestly, I mean, I was still trying to pull myself together. As I stood, I began to share with them what I'd seen. That in 17 months, a great shaking was going to come to America. New York would be shaken literally to pieces. Our economy was just going to be stretched and seemingly broken. Many would be afraid. At that moment, it was a Sunday night crowd. I'm in an incredible church. Um, James Lowe, our pastor, is African-American. Um, it's a predominantly African-American church, the site where I am. I love it. I've been there years. And as I was getting ready to speak, the Spirit of the Lord came on me, and I began to prophesy. And I told them, 17 months, when the calendar ticks down to 17 months, there will come a time of terrible division and polarization. In fact, 17 months from that that day was the killing of Mr. Floyd. And we know that as God's come to heal our nation. And so basically I began to talk about people are going to be afraid. There's going to be division. There's going to be polarization. The hearts of many will fail them. People are going to be into crisis. Doomsayers are going to be saying America's done. It's over. It's going to fracture. And here's how I ended. I said, America will not end in anarchy. America will not end in lasting depression. America, very simply, will end in revival. Now, that word so burdened me in May of 2019, I went into the mountains of Tennessee to pray. And my first day there, the Lord began to speak to me out of the book of Jeremiah. And he said, listen, Jim, he said, a hard time is coming. If you've run, if you've tried to walk with a footman, they've worn you out. It's going to get harder. It's going to get more difficult. Your country is going to become dangerous. I thought, Franklin, Tennessee, outside of Nashville, dangerous? It really made no sense to me, to be honest. The next morning, I woke up and the Holy Spirit said, here's what's coming into your world. Here's what's coming to the nations of the world. And out of China, I saw a mindless, merciless river of death flow. In my journal that many months ago, I wrote, every nation will be affected. Every nation will feel broken. Looking back, I know now that was COVID. But what is God up to? As we come now and vaccines are slowly being released, as we look at 2021, like what is God's word to the church in this hour? What is God's word? We thank God for his mitigation of COVID, but what is God's word in 2021? I'm reminded what he told me in, in June of 2020, sitting there in my living room, he told me, he said, stand up. And I felt the Holy Spirit come on me. He said, Jim, don't look left. Don't look right. Don't look back. Keep praying. I know you feel like you're walking through the 1960s. I'm dealing with things that weren't finished then, but you're going to walk into the 1970s in another Jesus revolution, a revival that swept out of Orange County and captured my generation. Roughly 30 days later, the LA Times talked about revival on a beach in Orange County. It wasn't a revival, but it was a sign God's up to something. What is God doing around the world? 
is I've talked to pastors around the world, leaders around the world. There's one thing we all share, that out of this, we're coming into a period of revival, that God is going to use the pain in nations. I'll never forget walking through my house in prayer where I saw the foot of God come down from heaven. And here's what he said. I've not come to crush the earth. I've come to expand my footprint in the nations. I saw the footprint of God over the, over the continents of the world. Millions of people coming in. So where are we? What is God saying about the future? A few days ago, God began to speak to me about the future of the church. What are we facing in 2021? What is going to happen as we come out of a, a, into a post-COVID world in the months and months to come? And I'm going to title this message, Our Doom or Our Dawn. Many are saying, well, what's happened to the church? You know, we've been locked down. Have we lost hundreds and thousands, maybe millions of people? Where are we as a church? I'm here to tell you, we're not coming into our doom. We're coming into our dawn. And I believe we stand at the dawn of an epic harvest. I believe, and I tell you now, at dawn, it's very dark. And right now, it's too dark to see it. But I tell you by the Spirit of God, watch what God is saying. I'm going to start in the book of Matthew uh, chapter 28. It says, when they sang a hymn, they, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, you're going to fall away. A hard time's coming. A dark time is coming um, because of this night. For it is written, I'll strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I'll go before you to Galilee. What is Jesus saying? There's a hard time coming. We've been through a dark time. Many leaders around the world have been through their own personal Gethsemane. Many people have, like faith, drained away, wanting to quit, despairing. And Jesus said, you're going to come out of this time, and if you want to find me, where am I going to be? I'm going to be in Galilee. Why is Galilee significant? Galilee is significant because that is where many of the disciples were called. And Jesus says, I'm getting ready to meet you afresh at the point of your calling. I'm getting ready to meet you afresh where you first saw my miracle power. Now, it's interesting, as you go into Matthew 28, we all remember this story. Jesus is at, Jesus is resurrected from the dead. Mary's at the empty tomb. She sees the angels. Then she sees Jesus. And Jesus is this, you go and tell my disciples, meet me in Galilee. Come find me in Galilee. I know they've been in a dark night. I know they've been in brokenness. I know they've been hard, but I'm waiting for them in Galilee. May I tell you by the Spirit, Jesus is waiting for us in our Galilee, the place we're called, the place he touched us, the things he told us before this dark night descended on the world, where he met us. And I tell you this, he's calling his church back to a Galilee moment, a fresh appearance of him, a time where he is going to come we're going to hear his voice freshly in the midst of this darkness for the harvest of a lifetime. Now, it's interesting, at this point, they were in Jerusalem. It was roughly a 75, depending. Today, it'd be 90 miles in highways. Those days, about a 75-mile journey. They were a three- or four-day journey away from a miraculous moment that would set the course for Pentecost and beyond. Now, when you look in John chapter 20, and we'll start there, we find the disciples were a little reluctant to head to Galilee. And as you come into the book of John, um, chapter 20, verse 19, it says on the evening of the first day, Mary had already come back and said, listen, Jesus is risen. 
He's waiting for you in Galilee. We've just got to get down to Galilee. He's going to meet us. The Bible says they were locked up for fear. We've been locked down. We've been quarantined. And the problem is when you've been besieged for a long period of time, when you've been quarantined for a long period of time, it begins to affect your mind. And even when that siege ends, you keep a siege mindset. Many of us are just locked up on the inside. Our faith is locked up. We're locked down. We really can't imagine a world without this. And here are the disciples with a word from Jesus to go to Galilee. Locked up. Locked down. You know where the church is right now? Locked up in many places with fear. Doors locked. Feeling hopeless. Feeling despairing. A new day is dawning. But we're locked up. Now it's interesting, Jesus appears in your midst. No matter how locked up you are in your heart, your family, your finances, this Jesus is stepping into our churches. This Jesus is stepping into our ministry. And what is he doing? He's recommissioning us. He's, he's proving, I'm risen from the dead. See these marks. And we know what happened. He breathed on them. He commissioned them. There's a fresh baptism in God's love and power coming on the church, coming on you and your home, coming on you wherever you find yourself, wherever you are watching this message, wherever you are in the world. It's for every nation, not just the United States. God says, I'm unlocking you. I'm unlocking you. Now you would think they would basically run to Galilee, but when we come into verse 24, seven days have passed. Seven or eight days, another week has passed. They're still locked up. And Thomas said, I'm not going anywhere till I see him. This has been so hard. I've really got to see Jesus for myself. And I think many of you are there like Thomas. You say, like, okay, I really believe I just need a fresh touch from Jesus. You say, Pastor, I'm still locked up. If Jesus could just some, here's the amazing thing. Even though they were disobedient, they hadn't yet gone to Galilee. Jesus has come to them. Jesus comes right through the locked door and appears to Thomas and touches him. No matter where you find yourself, how locked up you may feel, no matter what you're going through, no matter what city or what nation of the world you're in, no matter how hard it's been, my Jesus is coming into your quarantine. My Jesus is coming into your lockdown city. Your lockdown nation, your locked down community, your locked down church. He's saying, See my hands, see my feet. I've defeated death. I've defeated. I'm here, but I'm waiting for you in Galilee. We're coming into a time of astonishing commission, we're coming into a time of harvest. It is so easy to put our hopes in political power. It's so easy to put our hopes in humans. And I appreciate the right human leadership, but only God can change the human heart. Only God can change a nation. Now we come into John 21. It says, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples. It says, and later in John, this would be the third time. He's come through locked doors two times. And now they've come to the Sea of Galilee.
Now they've come to the place where a number of them had fished. Now they had come, beloved, to the place where many of them were called back in Galilee. Seen Jesus two times. It's interesting, not all the disciples even show up in this story. It's not easy to come out of the period of darkness. It's just not easy to come out of the period of brokenness. When your faith is down and you're wondering, where is God in this city? Some of you, you feel like, man, my city's destitute. My nation's broken. Maybe you're sitting there in America and you're going to get a vaccine. What about us? What would God say to us? And they get down there and they don't see him and they're by the Sea of Tiberias. This is where the Luke 5 miracle took place. This is where the miracle of the catch took place in spite of their unbelief that had an amazing catch. It's where Peter had been called out of fishing into apostleship, but also the net had broken. Symbolic of a great catch is going to come, but you're not ready right now. And I'm going to bring you through a series of events. Yes, there'll be revelation. Yes, there'll be a miracle, but there'll be a dark night moment that you'll come out of the out of, and when you do, one day that net won't break. And finally, they don't know what to do. They can't find him. And they decide, Simon Peter called the twin Nathaniel, calls some of the disciples, says, I'm going fishing. Scholars debate, are they trying to catch most, many think they're just discouraged, okay? We don't really see Jesus down here. Let's kind of go back into business. What's going to happen? I mean, is there really any change? Jesus says, let's go out, and they begin to fish. And they all went and just, they said they went out and got into the boat there in John 21, but that night they caught nothing. Many feel like in this dark night, Pastor, we haven't really caught anything. Pastors all over America saying, I mean, how many people do I really have? I've talked to leaders around the world, many at the point of quitting, like, Pastor, where's my church? I went into this with hundreds or thousands, now I don't really know. I've talked to Liz and man, I've never had so much warfare. I've never had so much despair. Ministers just been crushed, many of them. Fished all night. I've been in this dark night. I'm not even sure who's in my church. I've been in this dark night, Pastor Jim. I'm not sure what's in my business and what I have left. Just as the day was breaking. Oh, it was dark. But it was not the doom. It was the dawn. And the church in America and the church around the world, we stand at the dawn of a new era of God's power. We stand at the dawn of a new moment. In the darkness, feeling like we've caught nothing, we really can't even count. Who can figure all the ways to count? What does it mean there were viewers or there were homes? We have no idea. And the many who have tied their equilibrium to the growth of their church have fallen into deeper sorrow. But it said Jesus stood in the darkness. He stood. And just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Hard to see him right now for many of us, isn't it? You see, when you live in an external period of darkness for a long time, it begins to seep in your soul. It begins to blind you and you can't see it in you lose sight of God's promises. I know some of you feel like, Pastor, my city's destitute. Like businesses are just broken. I don't know about my own finances. Jesus is out there. We just can't see him yet. Not because we're doomed, 
but because it's the dawn. A new day is upon us. It's just too dark to see. He's standing on the shore of your home. He's standing on the shore of your church. He's standing on the shore of your nation. As your body brought you to Galilee. And he asked this question. He said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. Children, in this dark night, have you caught anything? In this dark COVID night, economic night, time of pressure and pain and division and hurting. And for those of you in America, you should not just think that, well, we've had all the division. No, in nation after nation, things have been shaking, whether it's ethnic, whether it's by class, whether it's religious, whether it's national, nations are shaking. Have you caught anything? We fished all night. We think we've caught nothing. They don't realize how close they were to harvest. May I tell you, Jesus has been at work in the darkness far more than you even realize. Have you caught anything? We've caught nothing. Many feel like, Lord, we can't really tell what we've caught. I mean, we've had a lot of online engagement through the Internet, but we don't really know what's there and what's not. We don't really know. The greatest churches in the world really have no idea who's still with them and who's there. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Fishing boats in those days were 12 foot long, 6 foot wide. He said, you just make a little adjustment. You just, you just throw the net 6 feet. Now give me a break. With a school of fish just on the right side, probably not. Jesus says, I just need a step of faith. I just need you to fish again. Because underneath... Under the ceiling of this pain, there is a mighty harvest. You can't see it. Beneath the COVID, beneath the statistics, beneath oh, how many really believe, what state, what nation, God's moving. Cast the net. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of the fish. All of a sudden, the net began to just bulge. They thought, this is like Luke 5. We've never seen such a quantity. I tell you now by the Holy Spirit, there's a harvest of quantity coming. Jesus speaks in the darkness. Do you have any fish? No, we don't. Yes, you do. Keep fishing. Watch what I do. Now watch this. They begin to haul it, and then that disciple whom Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. During this time, there have been many Peters who've been broken. They've wanted to quit. Leaders at the point of despair. Some of the greatest leaders in local churches just, I've had it. Small group leaders, pastors, staff members, people. I can't, I'm moving out, I'm just done. But I'll tell you as this darkness ends, the Peters of the world are diving back into the harvest. Those who've wanted to quit. Those who want to deny, those who said it's just too hard, where is God? They're diving back in. They're dressing themselves again and diving back in. And we will see a diving back in of people we think have lost, people we think have just quit, the people who've been bruised and hurt in the division, discouraged in the COVID. There is a holy diving back in for the Peters, and you better embrace them because they have the strength to pull in the harvest. 
as they came. So he put his garment, threw himself in. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far off from the land, but a hundred yards off. Now I tell you, we pulled the harvest to the playing field. If I use an American football analogy, 100 yards, here we are. We're back on the field. A harvest is coming that's titanic. Now, when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it. What's this about? Jesus said, you don't think you were catching anything? I've been catching the whole time. Come and see. What is Jesus saying? The whole time you think you've caught nothing. The whole time, you can't even keep track of what I'm doing in your church or your ministry. I've only caught fish. I've prepared them. You see, brothers and sisters, Jesus has been fishing the whole time. In nation after nation, he's been catching precious humans, and you don't even know it. I believe by the thousands and hundreds of thousands, he's visited, he's touched, He's drawn. They had to be stunned. We're just pulling in this harvest. And there's Jesus. I got fish. I had fish, but you needed to fish. And he says this. Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net 100 yards. There are Peters coming back in the church. There's young generations, sons, daughters of pastors and leaders coming back into the church. Those that seemingly were lost in the darkness. People that have just left churches. And those Peters with the strength of fresh consecration will do what 11 other, 10 other disciples in a boat had trouble doing. They'll haul it 100 yards. There's a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit with rock edge. And it says it was full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were many, the net was not torn. Listen to me, beloved, and I'm telling you this. This is not merely a harvest of quantity. This is a harvest of quality. Our Jesus is bringing in big fish, called fish, powerful fish. The harvest we have coming is not just in quantity. It is in quality. And the net was not torn. We'll come out of this stronger, not weaker. We'll walk out of this having met Jesus more fresh, committed, ready. And the nets are not going to break as we pull this harvest in. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so were the fish. This was the third time. May I tell you, he's preparing breakfast for you at the dawn of a new age. He's cooked the very meal you need to fellowship with him. He's cooked the very food you need to strengthen you. This was the third visit. This was the third revelation. What am I saying? You've not come to our doom. It's not the end of church as we've known it. We've not lost all these people. In fact, we've gained far more than we've lost to the end as the months and months to come will tell. This is our dawn. You see, 
Dawn and doom feel the same because it's really dark and we're not sure what's going to break. But in the darkness of the new day, my Jesus stands. He's calling you back to your Galilee. He's calling the church back to the place. Beloved, I appreciate voting and voting my conscience and all many nations hearing this. You're all governed different ways. But let me tell you, if you're worried about a part of your nation being changed, pray and plant churches. Only the church can change the human heart. I appreciate godly laws. I appreciate it all and believe in it. But only the church can change the human heart. Oh no. I'm not facing the doom. I'm facing the dawn. And my Jesus has come through the locked doors of churches. My Jesus has come through the locked doors of businesses. And even more, he's come into the locked up hearts by fear. Wherever you are hearing this message, in America and around the world, welcome to the dawn. Welcome to your Jesus. He's walking through your locked doors, breathing on you. He's walking into your locked up heart, demonstrating who he is. But he's waiting for you in Galilee, waiting for you to grab the net, waiting for you to venture out, waiting for you to invite. He's never stopped fishing during this time. And in the darkness, the harvest gathers in every nation of the world, not just America. God's up to something. It's not the doom of the church. It's the dawn of the church. Now, Jesus, I thank you. You're standing in the darkness speaking. And I hear your voice. Have you any fish? Oh no, we fished all night. You probably laughed and thought, I've been catching all night. I'm ready for you. I ask you to come through locked doors, locked hearts, locked up cities, locked up nations. Come Lord Jesus. Come by your spirit. Come by your power. God bless you. I'm praying for you. Thank you very much. Now, throughout this week, we're going to continue this encouragement that we have for one another in our community groups. And if you've not found one yet, please do visit our website so that you can find different in-person and virtual options. We just want you to know that we'll be praying for you throughout this week. Let us know if you need anything at all. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week.